just want you to know that I am 18. And I have had <laughs> sex with older women before. I, it, just, it was topical. It was erotic. It, I gave it a 9.5. I still got wood. Still. I gave it a, uh, a 10. A 10. A fucking 10. Gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John DeBari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. And, of course, as always, brought to you by our friends over at Expand the Box Score. We're recording a little early this week, so we will not have some of the data we usually do. It's Monday morning, so we're also not going to have any information if anything significant happens in Monday night football. But tis what it is. We had to go a little early this week. So, Walk, how are you and where you want to get started uh no we were just talking before we went live we're both we're both on the mend here you know like not, my my issue is not as freakish as yours but um you know we're we're getting there and we're talking about you know we're recording monday afternoon so yeah we're not going to get to see this this epic raven saints game um when i say that full tongue in cheek i feel like we're going to get another prime time disaster um when it's all said and done like a two touchdown Taysom hill day type thing um and hopefully Lamar Jackson can find someone to throw it to. But, yeah, I don't think we're going to miss much there. So, you know, we're going to go full nine recap, full ten preview. But you told me that you had a little question or a game or something before we go in, and I am intrigued. It's it's uh, You could see uh, my description of the show that I sent over. I was wrong. I said week eight. So don't oh, yeah. uh, ignore that. Copy and paste that for the next one. So uh, the other one I'll get to when we talk about the team, but I was looking at the current draft. If the NFL draft were to start this weekend where the teams sit top 10, Houston, Carolina, Las Vegas, Pittsburgh, Detroit, that's top five. Then Jacksonville, Arizona, Chicago, Green Bay, and your Eagles at 10. Now, here is what I wanted to bring to your attention. Houston picking one, Carolina two, Vegas three. They're all in need of a quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. So is Detroit. Well, that's where I was going. Detroit's next at five. Now, okay, three, four teams in the top five need a quarterback. Kind of a a normal situation. Let me go through the first round, not pick by pick. Picking at 11, Seattle, still need a quarterback. 12, Detroit again, twice, need a quarterback. Houston, 13, need a quarterback. So a couple of these teams have two picks already. Mm. Indy, picking at 14, they need a quarterback. Atlanta at 15, they need a quarterback. Washington at 16, they need a quarterback. Does New England need a quarterback? Maybe. They're at 17. Tampa at 19. They definitely need a quarterback. Tennessee at 23. I'll talk more about Malik Willis later. <laughs> but Tannehill's out of there. Are you convinced Willis is the guy? I, I said earlier, Seattle, their second pick. They're picking again at 24. They need a quarterback. 26, it's on the fence. But the Jets, are we convinced Zach Wilson's the guy there? 28, the Giants, are they convinced Daniel Jones is the guy? And then Minnesota, Cousins' contract is coming up, and if he flops in the playoffs again when the primetime lights hit him, they're probably looking for a quarterback. Cousins' contract is perpetually coming up. 
So. True story. He's got the best agent in history. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't believe. Oh, I see. I also put a little uh, star next to Green Bay, picking at nine. I said uh, that when you said the top ten. I said Packers. <laughs> so nightmare. I, I don't. You know, we went from. I feel like the last two or three years, the talk was the league's in the best shape it's been in a long time for quarterbacks. Half these teams either have someone who sucks or needs somebody. I think we're going the opposite. If you're, man, I'm thinking if you're in a super flex league, we were talking earlier about one of the leagues we're in and you're looking to tank and sell some assets. This might be the best. If there's a team that's selling and they have a viable quarterback, you might have to grab them because if you have two good quarterbacks, this landscape is going to look pretty different a year from now with a lot of question marks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. You're thinking about the Detroit have, they have the Rams pick. Didn't expect that to be that shitty. And then Houston has Cleveland's pick and you know, it's probably a lot predicated on the Deshaun Watson suspension where they're going to get two bites of the apple in the, in the top half of the draft potentially. So they, you almost have to figure they're, at least one of each of their picks are going towards quarterback. I mean, you're, you're really trying to extend this build out any further if you're not going to use one of those picks. And what seems like a pretty deep quarter, you know, the, the top end, you know, it, it says has its fair share of, you know, potential <laughs> starting quarterbacks in the NFL. So it's a uh, it's wild times. I mean, and my my Eagles having that Saints pick, so I'm going to be a Ravens fan tonight. I just realized, which is yeah. fantastic, which is fantastic because. <laughs> Yeah, as I need to aforementioned, you know, Lamar Jackson have an 80-point fantasy night, so why not just go all in? Yeah. Ravens. But yeah, the, yeah it's, it's crazy, and you just know it. Like, these guys aren't getting long deals anymore. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't pick up Daniel Jones' fifth year. Kirk Cousins, I just looked. He's got one more year. He's a free agent after 23. You know, like, like you said, Brady, I think this is the last year of his deal. And you know, <laughs> Matt Ryan's not the answer in Indy. And, you know, they're, they're evaluating quarterbacks quick. And turning them over, and like you said, in another two years, we could be looking at you know fifteen, twenty new starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, we we should should have <laughs> ten next year. Do you know what's going to happen too? For sure, I said this, and me and somebody were tweeting about it back and forth, laughing. To tell me, Derek Carr is not. <laughs> the answer in Indianapolis. Like, isn't that just what they've been doing? There's absolutely no reason for Derek Carr not to get jettisoned from Vegas and end up <laughs> shit in the bed like everybody else in Indy. But yeah, did, did you see the Indy news? No. They can Frank Reich this morning. So they will yeah. be uh, turning it over. So maybe they're embracing the rebuild finally because they already said Matt Ryan doesn't see another snap this year. <clears throat> and that team is going in the wrong direction. So they, they might not be in the market for Derek Carr, but I'll tell you what, he's going to be in the market because I've mentioned this 18 million times. Oh, that dead money. Yeah. His contract, he, he <laughs> should never have should never have picked up the pen. Uh, he's got $5 million in dead cap next year. Five. That's it. Walk away, Vegas, $5 million. Now, rather than paying him, $33 million next year, then potentially 42 the year after that, and then 41.3 the year after that. So they can either hand him $5 million and say, good luck, 
where they can pay them. Uh, what's that quick math? 83 and 33 is a uh, hundred and 16 million in the next three years. You know, and just continue to stretch that out. Not that they can't dead cap them every single year for cheaper, but that deal is, it's insane to me. He is, he will not be an Oakland Raider in 2023, Oakland, Las Vegas Raider in 2023. Oakland, Oakland's fair. <laughs> yeah. Move him back. Send him back. He might be an Oakland Raider. That's, that's possible. They have like a, a CFL affiliate. Probably. Cause yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's done. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you, you start looking through this and saying, how many guys are guaranteed their starting job two years from now? Well, here, look, just, I mean, just going through the teams we said need somebody. We we could just, I mean, there's probably, what, give or take in a given year, there's probably five guys in the first round this year again, like usual. But th- because of the scarcity we just went through, you could see guys get bumped up. I'm not a huge Debbie guy. I know a handful of the top names. But, you know, these, these guys – Kind of depends how they go and how these teams finish the year, but we could just have five rookies come in and these other ten just scrambling like we saw last year with musical chairs and see what's left. But I mean, Davis Mills, Baker, Mayfield, Darnold, we just mentioned Carr, Goff, Geno Smith's on a one-year deal, Matt Ryan, Mariota's playing pretty well, shockingly. Wentz has looked okay when he was in there, even though he still made some mistakes. And Tannehill, there's a chance we just shuffle them around, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of these guys will find starting jobs other places. But you're right. I mean, Davis Mills in Houston, he's not the answer. To your point, uh, you know, Daniel Jones for the Giants. I'm just looking at next week's, you know, the Saints. You know, is, is it Jameis? It doesn't oh, yeah. seem like I mean, it. We now, said skip them because I mean? they don't have a first-round pick. I totally forgot. Yeah. Titans, to your point, Colts are going to be in the market. I already expressed how the Raiders will be in the market. Cowboys, Packers. I mean, the Packers are tied to Aaron Rodgers now, but they, you know, you know, they might, they might lose Jordan Love before they ever get a chance to see if he's worth the shit. The Rams. I mean, I don't know what Stafford's contract looks like, but yikes. 49ers, You mentioned Commanders on Monday night. You know, they're they're gonna need to figure something out. And yeah, there's. I mean, I could see, I could see ten new starting quarterbacks. Ten now. easy. Yeah. Easy without trying. If yeah. you really want to get nuts, you could probably find sixteen. Yeah, I mean, some teams might just call it a day, right? If things fall yes. flat, yeah. You know, but oh, and everyone wants to play in super flex leagues, right? That's the that's the new thing. <laughs> it's got to be super flex leagues, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I thought that was interesting when I was looking at the draft order. I was like, boy, this... trying yeah, to I imagine mean, kind of. A- I was shook out, and I was like, quarterback, 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 quarterback. And I was like, eh, that's, that's more than the quarterbacks that are going to be out there. So how do hey, you listen, push down some value to my Eagles with that Saints pick. That's fine. Oh, dude, you're in, you're in an incredible spot. Because yeah. let's, let's just say there's five or six quarterbacks, assuming everything stays where it is. There are absolutely five, four going in the top five picks. So now, if assuming Philly's sitting at ten, Jacksonville doesn't need a quarterback. They're if they're picking sixth, of course, someone's coming up there. They'll be happy to get out of there when someone wants to move up for the the last blue chipper that's on the board. And then yeah. that means you're going to get one, two, three, four, a top five, arguably the fifth best player in the draft because the yeah. quarterback price is going to fucking skyrocket. 
Does it does every year except last year? <laughs> last year was fun. It was fun watching. <laughs> when does it? When does it? The next shoe drop? Oh, listen, it's uh, it's kind of bared out so far, right? A little bit. I mean, it's early returns, but for sure, These guys haven't really fought their way into starting jobs. Guys that have and not really impressed that much, even though like a pick has been thrown into the wolves, and you know Willis was not in the best situation, but. He also needs a ton of development, but you said we'll be getting into him when you talk about the Titans. So, yes, off of Superflex quarterback talk and on to week nine review. Let's rock, John. So since we're talking about Willis, let's just get it and quarterbacks. Let's get into this. I'm going to go south this week first. Um, Aside from Trevor Lawrence, this is just a division of shit quarterbacks. So going to Houston, Houston, you know, it was weird. Pierce didn't get any targets this week. He, had he got all the carries, though. Tell you that going one. back five weeks ago, targets, then five, then it was their bye, then four, then five, down to zero. And as much as it is nice to see him get all that rushing work, you, you want these guys to get a little involved in the passing game. And those are pretty good targets. I mean, usually out of a running back, it, you know, even if he's catching half those balls, that's kind of what you want, right? Two catches, three catches a game. So seeing him not get any targets kind of sucks. <laughs> Dari Ugenboale, who came out of nowhere a few weeks ago, coming off their bye, and I thought, well, maybe maybe they're going to use him. And I think Lovey Smith even said that was the plan going forward. He, he opened some eyes. He's done shit since then. He went from seven targets to one to nothing and one snap. So that guy's totally droppable. And uh, Davis Mills, currently quarterback 25 and 31st in points per game. So he's just not getting it done. I mean, Cook's getting benched last week doesn't help him either. But that team is on the path to the number one pick, as we were just discussing. Indianapolis didn't know Reich got fired until you just told me. Um, Quarterback's a disaster there. Erlinger sucks. (laughs) <laughs> 32 of 52 for 304, no touchdowns, and interception. That's a stat line over his two starts. You know how many times he's been sacked in those two games? It, it, it did. It's like a Joe Barrow-esque number. It's like 12. 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, he's got, you know, what happened to this heralded Colts offensive line that we were like, oh, man, this is – if Andrew Luck would have gotten this, he would have been great. Well, well, Erlinger's getting murdered, so who knows if it's him holding on to the ball or, or what. I haven't watched any Colts games, but the, the box score is not pretty. They activated uh, Jordan Wilkins for this game with Naheem Hines gone. He saw five targets. Probably should be on your radar in PPR. Maybe he's the one taking that Hines role. Um, they acquired Zach Moss, who uh, I was told <laughs> earlier in the – earlier in the day before I took a nap before the game started that he would be probably be active. They got a small package uh, in place for him. (laughs) Zing didn't mean it to come out that way, but Mm. he uh, did not play. So took a goose egg in a few spots there because they started him. Jacksonville ETN stat line since they moved James Robinson, 52 carries for 265, three touchdowns with five receptions for another to 23 yards. So with Robinson out of the picture, he's averaging 2.5 receptions a game. That's uh, 42 over a 17-game season. I know when we do our projections at the start of the year, that's kind of where we want these guys to be clearing 40. So he's getting all the 
all the running back work. He's getting the the receptions out of the backfield uh, wheels up for him. Jermichael Hasty looked like he was going to be involved last week, but kind of this week he, he vanished three carries for six yards, one catch for five. So he looked like he could possibly be fringy, you know, filling with these bye weeks, but now I don't think so. <clears throat> Excuse me. Last and certainly least Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry didn't get any targets this week. A few weeks ago, he saw six and five. So I thought that was weird too. It could just be, you know, Willis getting used to the system and he doesn't pass to the backs. Not quite sure. Willis, his two games, six completions and 10 attempts for 55 yards. No touchdowns, one interception, ran five times for 12 yards, sacked three times. This week, five of 16 for 80 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, eight carries for 40 yards, again, sacked three times. You mentioned he needs development, but boy, he stinks so far. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it's a two-game sample. It takes a lot of time to develop. Was he playing at Liberty? So he wasn't even playing against top-tier college competition. But even just the the running, I mean, the eight for 40 is okay. But the thing, you know, his, his – thing coming in especially for fantasy was being a dual threat which is what we're realizing now with justin fields him running all over the place it's like at least pull the ball down and do something but i mean yeah 26 attempts in two games in a week we're fucked in a brady throw it 60 times and somebody else uh in the 60s brady threw it 58 times yeah so (laughs) i mean obviously that's not ever be in a position to do so i get it but it's like he's never going to develop if they're never passing the ball either i mean if he's not even getting into the close to sniffing the 20s what how do you expect him to ever even take a step to develop so he i'm glad i don't have him anywhere super not interested uh especially after seeing this dog shit display but this is kind of turning into the quarterback show this whole division i just went through it i was like oh my god and and jacksonville has the potential to have an elite quarterback they could they should be in a spot where they're running this division for the next three years but they suck so bad they're not doing that either so this this is awful i'm glad i started with them got my juices flowing (laughs) yeah um as far as you know, just quick tick. I watched that Thursday night game. Damian Pierce didn't see any targets because Davis Mills barely threw the ball. I mean, this they were literally just trying to run and run and run and get the game over with. <laughs> so, pretty explains why he didn't get any targets there. Travis Etienne is amazing. Uh, you, you seemed like you were complimenting him, but didn't really get there. So, I wanted to make sure that that was discussed. The Colts are disgusting. And the Titans are 5-3 and three in first place in the division and look like they're running some version of Army football. Uh, at this point in time, which is just insane that they're a division leading above 500 team. So, ooh, 2022. So, from your south to my south, doesn't get any better. The south sucks. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's about the gist of it. Um, Buccaneers eked one out uh, on Sunday afternoon football. I think the NFL thought that was going to be a marquee game. That was a stinker. Oh, it was so painful to watch that. Dog shit. Leonard Fournette, 62% of snaps. Rashad White, 35% of snaps. Just to my eye, uh, Lenny looks like he's wearing down a little bit. I mean, he still runs hard, but 
I think our boy Rashad White needs to be at least in that 60-40 split, like, full-time. Like, he gets – he just looks more explosive than Fournette. Not to say Fournette still doesn't have value, but Rashad White's earned more, more uh, opportunity in the offense, in my opinion. As far as the pass catchers go, Mike Evans saw 11 targets. Chris Godwin saw 10 targets. Kate Otten saw six targets. Well, their stat lines were Mike Evans had a 5-for-40 day. Chris Godwin had a 7-for-36 day. And Kate Otten went 5-for-68 in a touchdown, including the game winner. So – Who's the explosive one of, of those three individuals? I mean, it's, it was insane seeing this. And Tom Brady had a, a monstrous 4.8 yards per attempt across those 58 attempts. I just wrote this offense is offensive. And they probably would have lost to, you know, upwards of 30 other teams this week. The yeah. Rams are just terrible. As far as the Panthers go, um, I said blowout snaps are skewed. You mentioned Dante Foreman, but he only played 43% of snaps. Uh, Blackshear actually had the better junk time fantasy day than he did. So what a world. Um, I had two Dante Foreman shares. I traded one for a 24 second before kickoff. The only reason I didn't trade both is because no one else would accept a trade for a second in my other <laughs> league. I was trying to get off from him as quick as possible. Not that I don't like the player, but I just didn't think it was going to persist. Not that I thought it was going to be this bad, but if you can still move Foreman, I probably would, especially in Dynasty. You might have just missed your window. P.J. Walker got pulled for Baker, and uh, D.J. Moore went back into hiding at a sterling two-for-24 day. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Meanwhile, oh, your boy, boy Terrace Marshall, oh, boy. snaps 86%, 93%, 92%. Kid's not leaving the field right now. Three, the last three games, two-for-31, four-for-87, and a three for 53 and a touchdown. So we're getting a little signs of life from Terrace Marshall. And all it took was them trading Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey. They get him on the field and seeing some targets. But that's the the Panthers in a nutshell because there's nothing else to talk about other than that Sam Darnold was reactivated. So let's, let's cue up that. Uh, yeah, let's get into a room. three-headed nightmare. Yeah, you have three quarterbacks. You don't have one, right? Uh, the Saints, again, they're playing tonight, so we don't have anything on their Week 9 performance. But Michael Thomas is done for the year. Um, shocker. Uh, I think he's played played two games before he got hurt again. So Chris Olave will just continue to ascend in, in redraft and dynasty um, as there's really nothing else in that receiver room with MT not there. And then Alvin Kamara, the video leaked. Mm-hmm. Okay, stardom. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, um, we talked about it. We, yeah. we were looking at it, uh, texted or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the is it the least eventful video you've ever seen? Apparently, I'm not meant to be a prosecutor, <clears throat> right? Because I'm like, okay, yeah, I, okay, that was him that the arrow pointed to, and sure, he was swinging, but it said his one buddy was literally jumping up and down on the guy like a trampoline. Um, at the end of the video, I'm like, that guy should be concerned. Um, Kamara's going after getting going after because he got he has money. The guy's looking for 10 million. Okay. Um, I'm not that concerned <laughs> as far as Kamara's availability for this year goes, but um, maybe uh, you know, hang out at different places. I don't know. Or you know, just let other people beat people up for you. You're rich, you shouldn't be doing it yourself. That's what I. You gotta have a you gotta have a guy, right? Like, hey, yo. But not, I said this when I've seen in person. As I'm thinking through it, all the dumb shit I've seen in the clubs out here. No, these idiots always <laughs> get involved. It's almost them exclusively. All their yeah. dummies surrounding them actually don't get involved. So, 
Yeah, get get better friends then, Alvin. I mean, because you get to think, I mean, you've seen it firsthand. I mean, these guys, you know, people are probably always just in their business and talking shit or wanting to hang out with them or do all this and that. I I could I can't couldn't imagine what what it's like. And then you go to Vegas where it's on steroids and you know, good luck. You know, but beyond that, we'll, we'll see what the Saints do. You know, go Ravens. Then down to those Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Cordell Patterson reactivated most snaps, thirty nine percent. 13 for 44 and two touchdowns got all the valuable touches. Had another catch for nine yards. Tyler Algier looked decent. 38% snaps just under Cordero Patterson. 10 for 99 with a 24-yard catch. Did have a 44-yard carry as well. So providing some explosive plays for a big guy. Caleb Huntley, 21%, uh, 7 for 34. Not too shabby himself. And then Avery Williams still saw a poultry 5%. Beyond them, Drake London and Kyle Pitts both saw seven targets. That represented a 30.4% target share for each of those guys. So you add that up, that's almost 61% of all targets went to those two gentlemen in the game. Combined stat line, five for 50 and zero touchdowns. Yep. Good, good stuff. That's the that's how the South was lost. It's a, it's a great start. I like it. I like these downers. <laughs> we should start South every time. Uh, I guess I'll just go goofy order today we'll go to the west for me um chargers coming off the bye no receivers there uh mike williams we talked about his should have should have been a season ender but wasn't high ankle sprain and keenan allen can you explain to me what happened he came back he said he had a setback in practice because he played i think in the game when he played last week or whenever so play. stupid two weeks ago. Yeah. Missed all yeah. that time. Came back for a little bit the week before the bye. Said he was taking the extra week and getting healthy. And here we are. So uh in their absence, Palmer, 10 targets over a hundred yards. Kind of kind of how you thought this would shake out. Um Carter had six targets. That guy, Michael Bandy, doesn't do nothing with it, but he keeps popping up <laughs> on the targets when somebody's missing. Like I said, he's not giving you any fantasy stats out of it, but he is getting targeted. He saw eight. You know, we didn't talk about this, though, last week. because I mean, they were on the bye, so we didn't preview much of this going into next week. But it should have been all Everett and all Eckler. Everett had eight targets, uh, and Eckler had nine. There's really no reason that they both shouldn't have been in that 12 area, right? Like, I mean, I don't know how much of it they maybe wanted to and defense took it away, but it doesn't make any sense like Carter's and Bandy's targets all should have just went to Everett and Eckler but uh, Justin Herbert's in the spread it around world huh? and they had no business winning that game that should have been an easy Atlanta win they're agreed they, like we say every year the Chargers just beat the shit with injuries and underperforming and it's just kind of what they do as a franchise forever yes last right. night we had the Kansas City Chiefs playing uh, Tony got on the field, finally saw two targets, caught them both for 12 yards. Don't know what that means in the big scheme of things, but they did get him out there and try to get him involved. Ridiculous target share. Travis Kelsey with 17 and Juju with 12, so good for them. Uh, again, we I think we talked about it before we were recording. Somehow, Pat Mahomes had 500 yards himself, and the team only scored 20 points. It's pretty – if you're – what a head scratcher. Look at the box score from this game and tell me how the Chiefs didn't score 35. Um, McCole Hardman got in the end zone again. Now, this was 
here's my interesting stat part two for you. In PPR, Nicole Hardman is wide receiver 32. So middle of the pack, low end wide receiver three. In standard scoring, he's wide receiver 22. So mm-hmm. plug and play wide receiver two, especially during these buys. Can you guess any of the names that are around him, 2021, 20, 23, or 24? Um, it's probably some, like, legit Cortland Sutton. No, but I'll get to them. <laughs> um, trying to think of, like, good players that have underproduced because some you, of them, you, you know, You're in the right – you've got the right mindset. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> ah. You, you got me. I, I don't play in standard, so sure. <laughs> I'm like, who who's touched? Who's reception dependent? That's not getting as so, many touchdowns. DK Metcalf is twenty. Okay. Gabe Davis is twenty one. And then you got Hardman at twenty two. Debo's at twenty three. And teammate Juju Smith Schuster at twenty four. So I was going to say Juju, are, which is ironic. And these are like all my guys. That's weird. And these are guys <laughs> that people you know, week in and week out are no brainers that they're plugging into one of their wide receiver spots each and every week. And they're performing just as well as McCall Hardman at this point in the year. So I, I don't think people are aware of how, I don't want to say how well he's playing. I mean, he has a lot of, that's a few boom games here, but he's, he's worth keeping on your radar. I mean, Juju does, does nothing with his 12 targets, really, while Hardman at least gets in the end zone. Kelsey uh, is obviously the de facto wide receiver one on that team and has continued to get a monster chunk of the targets in that offense. But Hardman's playable week in and week out at this point. And moving down last, and Denver was on the bye, not much there. Sutton, I was talking about him just sucking it up. He's actually worse than Jerry Judy so far, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, Judy had a decent game and, and, and passed him, I think, last week. But that whole Denver offense is disgusting. Chase Edmonds is obviously there. He's got the bye week to adjust to the system. But worst case scenario, it's just even muddled this running back uh, by committee more. So it's Murray. Now Edmonds is there. Now you've got um, Melvin still doing his thing. Stay away until they write the ship except for Dulcich, of course. And last and certainly least, the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> Three losses this year. They all had twenty. They had a 20-point lead in all those games. Oh, Arizona, wow. they were beating 20-0 at the half. Kansas City, 20-0 at the half. Jacksonville, 20-0 at the half. They ended up losing 29-23, 30-29, and 27-20, respectively. So they're, they're able to score. They just can't keep this together for the whole game. I mean, they're getting murdered in the second half. Just quick going through those games. Yeah, Arizona, second half, 3-29, to 29, they got killed. Kansas City, they ended up losing 30-9. to nine. Jacksonville, 27-0. to zero. So they're giving up. To me, that's the sign of a terrible dog shit coach, that they're getting that out coached at the half when teams can adjust and watch a little tape and come out with a new game plan. McDaniel probably deserves to get fired at the end of the year if this continues. <laughs> um, Adams, again, a target monster, seven, 17 targets, caught 10 of them for 146 and two. I mean, they're going to have to just keep doing that all year. We saw what happened a week ago where they didn't. I mean, they can get three targets last week and one catch, and they got shut out. So 
they're just going to need to throw the fucking ball to him a ton, which ties into something else we'll talk about later. But And we talk about it all the time. The, these teams have their star players, especially guys they bring in and pay a shit ton of money to. It's crazy that you don't just trust them to go out there and earn all the money you think they're worth, and they don't pepper them with targets. Um, Jacob's Speaking of pepper with targets, that 47% target share for Devonta, Devonta Adams in this game. That's where it needs to be, <laughs> unfortunately. Forty-seven. Uh, Jacobs twenty touches for eighty-seven total yards. Got to need him to get in the end zone for fantasy, but you'll take it. And Derek Carr. I mean, it's not a bit offensively. They weren't bad. Their defense just folded in the back. Twenty-one to thirty-six, two fifty-nine, two touchdowns. I, I mean, he's still, you know, QB two fantasy relevant, but that defense just falls apart. And then the worst part is. I gave you their scores in the second half. It's not like they're able to adjust and then catch up and like turn the second half into a, a fucking boat race where they're trying to stay in it. They just fold on <laughs> offense and defense. So if they don't get that fixed, if you're a mobile betting person, I, I might be betting against the Raiders in the second half for the next eight weeks of the season. Yeah, well, uh, they get the Colts in week 10. So. Get get right there. Fire up your Erlinger shares. <laughs> In the second half. Big Sam Ellinger, second half, okay. Then we go out Broncos at Seahawks. So that should be interesting. But yeah, it's a uh, yucky. Miko Harmon's awesome. Miko Harmon's got touchdowns in four of eight games receiving this year. He just he looks good when they get him the ball. And then he has two rushing touchdowns yeah. to boot, which is why he's kind of been propped up. But they're I think they're finally just getting creative with him because he's their explosive element in their offense, and I ultimately think that's what Kadarius Tony's going to bring as well once he gets acclimated. So scary times for those Chiefs um, and you know the, that massive target share for Kelsey, which was still less than the Kyle Pitts target share, you know, just relatively speaking. So just take that for what you will. Um, Kyle Pitts saw more of the team's targets <laughs> than Travis Kelsey did in a target share world. So at some point that just goes to quality quarterback yep. player, right? And raw raw targets. targets. Yeah. Raw targets always better than percent of <laughs> targets. So all right. So you went out west randomly. So this is we're just we're trying to track you down. Um and so I'll start with the Rams. I don't know why I'm starting with the Rams, but I am. Um 49% of snaps for Henderson, 28% for Malcolm Brown. Cam Akers, 19% of snaps. It was it's just strange. Uh, he pretty much said he was never playing for the Rams again. And then they couldn't trade him. And now he's playing for the Rams again and <laughs> logging the same type of snap share. He got that. He stopped playing for the Rams again. I, I'm very confused. How do you think that works. Does he get a call from the coach? What, or how do they, how does he know to come in? That's what I yeah, wanted to know. They, uh, I mean, trade deadline passed, you know, <laughs> come on back him. Think yeah. they call him, or do you think he gets a text? So we're, we're paying you, so we're playing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's less need. I mean, he's got nothing else to do. They don't have draft picks. He probably drives to his house and you know, talks to a man. man. <laughs> um, up in a wagon. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Higby played seventy nine percent of snaps. Had one target uh, over oh. his last three weeks. His total stat line is three for twenty two and zero. Yeah, he's like, vanished. He went from league winner to literally, I'm like, is he playing? And I have to think he's just glued to the line because their line's terrible. So he's now just the extra blocker on the line so that Cooper Cup can run routes all day long and get all the targets. Um, Speaking of, is it impossible to account for Cooper Cup because they literally have nothing else? 
like the guy just continuously finds himself open on these like busted type coverages and gets the 69 yard touchdown out of it. And, you know, breaks loose for a big gainer late in the game. Like, it's just strange to me. Like they have nothing else in this offense yet. Cooper cup continuously finds himself <laughs> finding voids in the defense and Stafford hitting him, even though Stafford sucks, he's still keeping Cooper Cup squarely afloat. Yeah, yeah. 49ers, they had a bye, but they also traded away Jeff Wilson during the bye, which means that our boy Elijah Mitchell should be back soon so he can watch Kirsten McCaffrey get all the work in the 49ers backfield. The Seattle Seahawks, your Seattle Seahawks, John. Ken Walker has had 88 carries and nine targets yeah. in the last four weeks. That's 24 and a quarter opportunities per game. His targets are actually like – going up like we can see three or four targets a game we'll take it because he's getting 20 carries uh, a game in this offense they're a good run offense that's what Pete Carroll wants to do and he's been damn productive with it Tyler Lockett played 81 percent of snaps DK Metcalf 74 percent of snaps both had five catches both had a touchdown Lockett had 30 more receiving yards on the day and then as we both predicted Noah Fant popped up against Arizona and put a five for 96 stat line out there because I think we figured it out it's not even Arizona. It's not the top tight end. It's the second tight end going against the Cardinals. Seems like it should just be DFS chalk going forward. But Noah Fan had his most productive game of the season against Arizona. His previous most productive, I believe, it was against Arizona. Correct. So just keep up the good work, Noah. Down to the trash Cardinals. James Conner returned at 71% <laughs> of the snaps. And was relatively productive on a per-touch basis. 12 touches, 64 yards. DeAndre Hopkins targets the last three weeks. 14, 13, 5. His stats, 10 for 103, 12 for 159 and 1, 4 for 36 and 1. So got in the end zone, still bailed you out a, a little bit on the day, but I didn't see the game. He must have just been triple covered. All game is all I can assume. It doesn't matter. Just like we we just said with Adams, and I'm going to talk about it again before we wrap this up. Just, I don't give a fuck. Pepper pepper him with the ball. Yeah. I mean, Rondell Moore had 10 targets. Uh, Zach Ertz had eight targets. DeAndre Hopkins was tied with James Conner for five targets. That should just never happen. But speaking of those two, Rondell Moore just continues to be PPR relevant. His last two stat lines were seven for 92 and a touchdown and six for 69 and no touchdown. So he's just racking up those underneath passes, you know, a run after catch type guy. Zach Ertz has scored a touchdown in two straight games. His production has decreased with the return of DeAndre Hopkins because he was seeing all the targets. But in a week where DeAndre Hopkins only saw five, Zach Ertz was able to put up a five for 40 and a touchdown stat line. So back on the fantasy radar so long as DeAndre Hopkins isn't seeing 13 plus targets per week. They're so bad. I was listening to the uh, NFL radio before we (laughs) started recording and they were talking about the, the Seahawks winning that division right now when they're talking about Arizona being in the basement and they're like, who saw this with Arizona? And I'm like, we did. <laughs> we, <laughs> we knew they we knew they sucked. They sucked last year when they fell apart in the second half of the year and they seamless transition from what we saw at the end of the year last year to the start of this year. Yeah. That team What's changed? Yeah. You know? N- nothing. <laughs> Except they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins for six games. So they're way worse. Exactly. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah, strange. Is that everybody? Is that, is that your Oh, list? yes. All yeah. right. 
I'm going north. This will be a quick one. So I hope you're, or I'm sorry. Yeah, north. So you're up oh, next. Uh, this will be quick. Pittsburgh. On the bye. So they are unleashing George Pickens heading into next week. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how those targets are divvied up between Johnson and uh, Pickens. Should be exciting to watch. Baltimore's playing tonight, so I've got no insight there. Uh, Andrews is out, likely should be. I would assume, and, and going forward, as long as Andrews isn't in there. And Duvernay is their wide receiver one without Bateman in there. So that will be interesting to just see how those touches get divvied up without some of their stars in there. Cleveland also on the bye. Nothing there to report. They're one of the most narrow touch distribution trees in the league. So it's it's all Nick Chubb. It's all uh, Amari Cooper who's having a nice Jones is playable. And Hunt's playable PPR if you need him. Last and certainly least, Cincinnati. Certainly not least, I meant to say. Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, all mixing. All the time this week, five touchdowns. Uh, I went against him a disproportionate amount of times, especially in leagues where I knew I had to win. So he personally stuffed the dagger in my back this week. So thanks for that. With, with the injury to, to um, Jamar Chase, they, they just like I kind of said with Cleveland, they've got a super narrow distribution tree now. It, it's all going to Higgins, Boyd, Hayden Hurst, and Mixon getting it out of the backfield too as a receiver. So – I, while it sucks to lose a, a stud like Chase and it dings Burrow a little bit, it actually elevates all these other guys because they're not, no one's stepping up to pick up those vacated targets. They're just getting spread out to the guys that were already getting them. So I kind of like all of them more than I did for fantasy going forward with that. Number eight wide receiver, Boyd is 11, Higgins is 15. So they got three in the top 15 in standard scoring PPR. Jamar is still eight, Boyd is 14, Higgins is 16. So no matter how you shake it down, standard or PPR, they're all, they've been viable all year and they should continue to be going forward. So good things for them heading forward in fantasy, but that's it for the North because I only had one team really. And only one person worth talking about. You clipped a little bit there, Johnny, but we're not going to redo this. You're going to have to fill in the blanks. Listeners, it was Chase Claypool got traded away from the Pittsburgh Steelers, so we're going to unleash George Pickens. And then there was a little bit of choppiness, I think, through that Bengals, but the gist of it was that <laughs> Joe Mixon is fucking amazing. And uh, on top of all the touchdowns, he has hit 50 targets on the season already with 38 receptions, and that was something that was a concern for me. Uh, as a Joe Mixon supporter, so he's on pace for fifth for hundred. He's thriving, especially in a uh, Jamar Chase less offense. So hopefully, brighter days are ahead for Boy. Joe Mixon and those Cincinnati Bengals. They do have a bye week in week ten, so you know ride him high into the bye week, which made sense. They come back at Steelers, at Titans versus Chiefs versus Browns. So not a murderer's row, but still. Um, some interesting matchups post by, but regardless, you have to start Joe Mixon. So, all right, from your north to my north, Skull Vikings, huh? They they were they made it ugly. It was a revenge game for Kirk Cousins, and he eked it out at the end. Dalvin Cook has a stranglehold on his backfield, eighty six percent of touches. 
TJ Hawkinson first week as a Minnesota Viking played 91% of snaps and posted a nine for 70 stat line on nine targets. TJ Hawkinson saw more than seven targets once in seven games as a Detroit Lion. And it was a big 12 target explosion game that he had, but he's already seen increased production as a Viking than he did on a per game basis as a Detroit Lion, better quarterback, better results. Justin Jefferson finally returned to alpha status with 13 targets, which was tied for a season high for him and his first touchdown since week one. So the class of the North, I finally reshuffled the deck because I used to have the Packers listed second. They don't deserve to be there anymore. So they've been relegated. We're going to talk about the Chicago Bears. David Montgomery, 70% of snaps. Justin or uh, Cleo Herbert, only 28% of snaps. Both did nothing but Justin Fields, 15 for 178 and one touchdown rushing NFL record for a quarterback. We're going to talk about him in a second. John Darnell Mooney finally caught a touchdown pass, and it's only Yay. week nine. Chase Claypool, who you mentioned, saw six targets in his Bears debut and had an egregious PI not called late, where the D back was <laughs> literally just book bagging him. But Nonetheless, I do think that's an upgrade to the offense all in all because that's how bad their receiving room was, that Chase Claypool is a significant upgrade to their offense. And Cole Komet has seen a 7 for 52 and 3 touchdown stat line across the last two weeks. He had six targets in week nine, and that represented 23% of his season volume. It's insane how little pass production there was in this offense, but as it grows, so does Cole Komet's role finally I liked him as kind of a breakout tight end because I thought he would be the number two target in this offense. He probably is, but when you throw it 20 (laughs) times a game, does it really matter? So hopefully brighter days are ahead. From the Bears to the Lions, saving the worst for last, Jamal Williams saw 61% of the snaps. Justin Jackson played 21% of the snaps. How many snaps did DeAndre Swift play, you ask? Well, it was 16%, down from 55% the week prior. Um, talk about not, you shouldn't be playing a guy, but you shouldn't have been playing DeAndre Swift. If you, after last week, you thought you need to reduce the snaps to 16%, then you should probably just have him inactive. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but, um, that hurts, uh, for all of us, DeAndre Swift owners out there who were hoping that he was finally back in his, his snap count was going to increase. Um, no, we were full. No, no, no. Lastly, Amon Ross St. Brown, nine targets. You're like, wow, who, who got the targets? Well, he did. He saw 37.5% of the targets on the week. They just didn't have to throw the ball because the Green Bay Packers stink. Uh, Aaron Jones, 41% of snaps, has a reported low ankle sprain. Don't know when it happened in the game, but A.J. Dillon had 66% of the snaps, so I assume it was before the end of the game. Neither of them did jack against the most generous defense in the league. The Detroit Lions are still first in rushing touchdowns allowed on the season Yet Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon got nowhere near the end zone on Sunday. Alan Lazard returned, saw 10 targets, 25.6% target share, and gave you a 4 for 87 and 1 stat line because that's the only guy that Aaron Rodgers trusts. Romeo Dubs injured early. How early? First snap. One target, one catch, 18 (laughs) yards, one ankle injury, and no one else stepped up in the game. Packers stink. We said the Packers are going to stink. The Packers stink. They stink. Got a fun... uh... NFC North stat for you. The four and a half game lead in the standings the Vikings have through nine weeks is the third highest in the Super Bowl era through this amount of time. 
Uh, yeah, I guess you got to be in the right division to be able to accomplish that. Yeah, so they're they're already in the fucking catbird seat, monster driver's seat. <laughs> Two <laughs> nine weeks, it's pretty disgusting for everybody now, else. Speaking of, before we we do roll off, they do have at Bills versus Cowboys versus Patriots the next three. I don't think Murder's Row, but I didn't see a world where the Bills lose at home after what they just went through, and then Cowboys Patriots maybe splittish, right? They're it's home for both. I mean. So they're still going to be what an eight and three team, um, you know, going into the tail end when they have a pretty decent Jets at Lions versus Colts versus Giants at Packers at Bears finish. Oof. Pretty take, appealing. They're going to win. Walk. Yeah, they're going to win twelve plus games this year. Yeah. No, if they don't, it's because they lost them. It's not because anyone beat them. The only two games that I think they're not going to be favored. Um, yeah, because they're home. We're at Bills, and mm, I'm probably giving the Jets too much credit. That's probably it. The only game they won't be favored would probably be at Bills next week. I, I can't disagree at all. <clears throat> no. Nope, nope, nope. All right, on to the AFC East to close it out. Uh, real quick, if the playoffs started today, the New England Patriots are the number eight seed. They are a fringe playoff team. Somehow, doesn't it feel like this is the worst Patriots team almost in your lifetime? Like, Oh, it is bad. And they are still, I mean, they're, they're like a half game out of a playoff spot. So somehow they managed to do it. Uh, Harris was banged up again. I, I don't think he played. I did not see any touches for him. I wasn't sure what his status was before the game. Uh J.J. Taylor got in there, someone who I had stashed on rosters off and on for feels like a decade now. Ten carries, one target is the relief to Ramondre Stevenson. The craziest thing about line? What was this that line? Taylor's? Yeah. I was just looking at his touches. I don't know what he Ten had. carries for nine yards. And a boy. <laughs> and one catch for eight yards. So he, he had 11 for 17. Nothing so with him. He exploded. The – um. The the thing, the other thing that's weird about New England, everything we've known about them for years is totally flipped backwards. Like all of a sudden, the only person you can trust week in and week out is their running back. You know, for years you're like, Ugh, don't don't draft the Patriots running back. You don't know how they're going to use him. Oh no, this entire offense goes through Ramondre Stevenson, which is fucking crazy. And now you can't trust the wide receivers. I mean, you you can, you have to play Jacoby Myers if you have him, um, you know, especially in your your deeper leagues or starting three wide receivers with two flexes and all that stuff. But they're they're just playing musical chairs. It's some some weeks it's Parker, then it's Aguilar, then then it's Myers who pops, then Kendrick Bourne makes an appearance. It's pretty sickening, and and, and it's similar with the tight ends, John o. Smith and and Hunter Henry, targets wise. They're trading back and forth. Henry's been far more productive than Smith, but you can't trust anyone in this passing game, but now you can trust the running back. So it's just kind of a weird flip on its head from what you've just always done with Patriots players. Moving to the Jets, coming off a big win against the Buffalo Bills. James Robinson, you thought maybe they'd ease him in a little bit. Ended up with 13 carries to Michael Carter's 12. Also saw two targets to Carter's one target. So, Maybe Robinson just, you know, where we thought Michael Carter was going to slide into the vacated Brees Hall role. 
looks like Carter's probably going to keep his role that he had, and they're going to try to shoehorn Robinson into that Brees Hall role. So uh, Carter was a little more productive. He had 70-something yards on those 12 carries where Robinson had 48. But, you know, new scheme coming over there, all that. I thought Garrett Wilson had been lighting the world on fire. And I went through his stats because it seems like he's always making highlights and seems to be the top target there, which he is. He's only wide receiver 26. He's only only averaging 11.9 points a game, which not not that great. Doesn't it seem like he's on the the all hype team right now? Yeah, I mean, he's he's cuz he had a two touchdown game, but he's had a, he had a void after that where he hasn't he didn't do shit and was barely getting targeted. And then the last two he's pretty solid on limited targets. I mean, to get him to 6 for 115 then 8 for 92 the last two weeks. I mean, he's he's on the come. I mean, and it's at the expense of Elijah Moore almost exclusively, but and Corey Davis is out. It's there's there's just not a lot of alternate alternate options when Denzel Mims is the other guy you're fighting for targets for, but yeah, I'm with yeah. you. He hasn't had the touchdowns. The, the 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 hype isn't matching the production, and I still like him as a player. He's he's, he's still at one of the, you know a top young wide receiving dynasty asset. But just hearing people talk about him, and I like I said, watching highlights and stuff too on Red Zone or watching the the recaps afterward, it seems like he's all over the place. And then I started looking at his numbers and where he is in fan points, and it's really not matching up. I mean, by comparison, former teammate Chris Olave is averaging more than 15.6 a game, and I don't feel like he's getting nearly as much attention as Wilson, but maybe maybe I'm getting biased information for fantasy purposes. Um, Big apple, buddy. (laughs) There you go. Moving to the team that they just beat, Buffalo Bills brought in Naheem Hines, made a trade for him because they got to get somebody to get some receptions out of that backfield. Welcome aboard with your single target. Thanks for nothing. Um, Josh Allen ran two touchdowns in. Wide receiver, it's only going to Diggs, Davis, and, and Knox as their number three, technically, by targets. Very narrow distribution. Singletary's getting all the work out of the backfield. Absolutely nothing, nothing new here. This is a very predictable team for fantasy where it's going all – Although when they kind of stink like yesterday, uh, the only person you can trust is Allen because he adds so much with his legs. Last and far, far, far from least, the Miami Dolphins. I got another. I got good stats today. Tyreek Hill alone has more receiving yards than eight teams' wide receiver group. Yeah, I mean, I think he broke uh, the Dolphins' record. No, or... he broke the NFL record. He beat Megatron for most yards like, yeah. through nine and, games. Yeah, and I, there was a Dolphin guy, I think, too, that had something. So I think he took them both. I mean, obviously, if he took the NFL record down, he took a Dolphin record down. But, yeah, he's been unbelievable. Um, And, yeah, there's a lot of shitty wide receiver cores out there. Talking also to you, true. Titans. <laughs> 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 oh, you want you want to have fun with with we're talking about looking at box scores and that was uh, the Titans are one of them. Look at their last two box scores with Willis at the helm and look at their wide receivers. Like somebody somebody's getting three and then everybody else has one and one guy will get like two. It's re- it's atrocious, especially in what you're used to seeing in the NFL nowadays. The, another weird thing about Miami, do you know they've been 
as much as you're talking about this Miami offense, everybody's like, oh, they're doing so much great stuff. I don't know if it's either not as good as the hype train says or their defense sucks. They've been outscored on the year by 11 points. They've given up more than they've scored, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, yeah, well, they, they took it right on the chin in the Jets' loss, 40-17. to 17. That's pretty much explained the discrepancy. But they've been in some shootouts, so that's what we want. I mean, they're, yeah, they're giving that up to the Bears. Um, you mentioned earlier the Jeff Wilson trade. Wilson coming in, not missing a beat. Old offense he was a part of before, so kind of makes sense. Raheem Mostert, nine carries for 26 yards, did get in the end. So Jeff Wilson also nine carries, but he got 51 yards. Uh, Mostert, two targets, didn't catch either one of them, where Jeff Wilson, three targets, three receptions, 21 yards. Did he leapfrog him already? It's- Is it Wilson backfield? Listen, I, I like Jeff Wilson. Dude runs hard. Interesting. Um, yeah, they. It's a, Would you trade Raheem Mostert if you could now? Yeah, definitely. Would you trade him for Jeff Wilson? I think, yeah, I, I mean, I probably would. I, I'm always skeptical of Raheem Mostert um, and almost that inevitable injury. Um, Jeff Wilson, just when he gets opportunities, kind of produced. Yeah, I, I, I oh. thought that that target and carry split was pretty interesting you know, only being there for one week uh, where I mentioned, we're going to talk about targets as we go on with Adams. And you had mentioned uh, somebody earlier. I said, Oh, De- uh, Deandre Hopkins, getting them, getting them targets. This is how you do it. Hello, Tyreek Hill, 12, 13, four, 14, 17, 15, 13, 14, eight. That's what you do with an elite playmaker in the NFL. He ain't open on all those things. They're just firing the ball at him. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, that was the read. Let's throw it to Tyreek. Yeah. I, 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 I do not disagree. And listen, we'll talk about another alpha in a minute when I go. So, so yeah, that's what I had to close with. Look at those targets to Hill and all these other stupid fucking NFL coaches do that. Yeah. Yeah, you heard it here first, stupid NFL. Do that. Um, all right, so east to east, right? So I had two teams on a bye, so we're, we're going to be able to close quick here. The Cowboys and the Giants were both on bye. The NFL is trying their damnedest to hype up this Cowboys-Packers game in Week 10, and no one is buying it. So the Cowboys are just going to throttle them coming off of the bye week. The Giants are home against the Texans, so both those teams are going to win, um, which means my Eagles have to keep pace, and they have to do so on Monday night football against the commanders. So what a, what a good way to put a bell on all this, because the last two teams to talk about are commanders and Eagles, the commanders, Antonio Gibson saw 58% of snaps to Brian Robinson's 44% with JD McKissick out. And they both dudded in a condensed backfield. I thought that Antonio Gibson was in for a better day against the Vikings, but neither of them did anything in the game. Anything. What did Derry McLaurin do? Eight, eight targets, eight targets, nine targets. So his highest targets in Tyler Haneke's three starts had his worst production. Went from set five for 73 and one, six for 113 and zero, down to five for 56 and zero. Still 10.6 PPR points, but production is going in the wrong direction for Terry McLaurin. Warts are showing a little bit for Taylor Heineke, and there's already reports that you know Carson Wentz is rehabbing effectively from his broken finger. So we're going to get Wentz again back at the end of the year because Heineke really hasn't. I know he's two and one, but he hasn't really done anything to keep Wentz from getting his starting job back. When he comes back, it will not probably be against my Eagles next week. That would have been nice. But last 
and certainly not least. <laughs> we started from the bottom, and now we're here. The Eagles just continue to dominate, and Miles Sanders continues to return high-end running back to value. Why running back two? Because he has 13 targets on the whole year. We just said that uh, Joe Mixon has 50. <laughs> Miles Sanders has 13 on the year. They just don't throw to the running back. So he cannot be a running back one because he doesn't get that PPR bump, but he's being super productive as a rusher. Jalen Hurts has not rushed for 30 yards or had a rushing touchdown in his last three games. He has, however, thrown eight touchdowns during that span. So it's feast or famine with him. If he's running, he's not throwing touchdowns. If he's throwing touchdowns, he's not running. Seems to make sense for me. Don't have to overthink it, but he is becoming more of a traditional in-the-pocket quarterback, not getting you those bonus points rushing, and that kind of limits his upside if that's the case. But that production has been to the benefit of A.J. Brown. Target totals on the season, John, 13, 8, 10, 7, 7, 8, 11, 6. So a little light in this last game, but still 30.7% target share on the season. That is what you do with alphas. That's you elite. target them like alphas. Dallas Goddard saw nine targets. It tied his season high en route to an explosive eight for 100 yards and one touchdown performance on the week. The Eagles are legit. They get Monday night football home against the Commanders, where they are currently a 10.5-point favorite, looking at 9-0. and Then we get at Colts, who are now looking for a head coach and a quarterback before we beat up the Packers. Titans, Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, Giants again. Eagles going 17 and 0. Watch out, Miami go, Dolphins. Go that record, the schedule again. Let's let's do our predictions. Uh, so Bears, Commanders. Got, that's a win. At Colts. That's a win. Verse Packers. That's a win. Verse Titans. That's going to be ugly, but I, I can't not give them a win. At Giants. Gotta give them. Uh, they're not gonna go undefeated, so I gotta find a loss. So <laughs> I guess I'll give them that one because it's a road division game. But I don't at feel Bears. <laughs> Chuck that W up, baby. At Cowboys. I gave him the Giants loss. I'll give him the Cowboys win. It could be flipped. Versus Saints. Fucking win. Saints outside. Versus Giants. Fuck. You're going to have a hard time winning less than 15 games. Yes. And so my bet before the season that Eagles will have the most wins in the NFL this year is hitting. Take that, FanDuel Sportsbook. Suckers. This is whatever. 15 and 2 is the. Worst case scenario right now. That's pretty yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah. It's a tough world to live in, but we are going undefeated, John. So that's it's possible. I mean, re- you don't rewrite, rewrite those record books. They're all um, winnable. Yeah. And that is the recap. We didn't talk bye week. So bye week in 10 is at Bang or is at is Cincinnati Bengals, New York Jets, New England Patriots, uh, Baltimore Ravens. So we got two AFC North teams, two NFC East. Or sorry, what I do? All AFC. Oh, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a fun week next week, John. I so believe me. I get saw. my divisions correct. We're Four, missing two quarterbacks. Missing two quarterbacks. Missing what? Two good running backs. Three if you count Robinson and the J- with the Jets now. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, you can't count a Ravens running back right now. So wide receivers, T Higgins has been playable. It's not it's not a bad bye week for fantasy. It's not you're not no tight ends. I mean, they're they're already not playing Mark Andrews this week, so you know, clearly they're looking forward to that bye yeah. to get him healthy. So not really a tight end of consequence Hurst, there either. First yeah. and Conklin, just two of them that are playable. So this actually should be a, a decent fantasy week next week. Tis. So how do we get there, John? Let's close strong with this waiver wire. And I'm going to dive right in. No one listen to me. I've been saying Terrace Marshall for the last three weeks. He's still only 6% rostered. Oh, you hammered it, by the way. I looked at the guys you recommended. You did an amazing job. Thanks, pal. Well, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones been talking. He's finally up to 21%. But, no, they just came off the buy, which is probably why a lot of people didn't get him. I did say go get Van Jefferson. He's only 9% rostered. He had five targets. He should have had a big play chunk gain. Still working himself back into shape. I do think better days are ahead for Van Jefferson. He just looks like a more explosive Allen Robinson because Allen Robinson's not explosive. He's pretty much their tight end. At this point in time, Kate Otten, I talked about it with the Bucks. He's only 11% rostered. I think he is a starting tight end already. He is the most explosive element of this offense. He has taken. I think that everybody's going to be on him though now. But we we yeah, told you for weeks. Great. Um, <laughs> we told you Kylan Hill, Aaron Jones caught a low ankle. It doesn't seem like it's that significant, but you know, listen, I got to give this a morning little bit they of love said, to my boy. It said all testing came back negative. He should be expected to play. Yeah, and I agree with that, which is why this is a little deeper one. But I do like Kylan Hill. Um, I would actually like to see him get some opportunity. Um, not at the expense of Aaron Jones, but you could do worse. You mentioned, I believe you mentioned Zach Moss earlier. I don't know why, but he's 4% rostered still. Uh, they, they're going to have to play him at some point. You trade for him. You got to see what you have in the guy. So I, I think ultimately, like, there's this isn't going to be Philip Lindsay. It's not going to be Jordan Wilkins. It's going to probably be Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss, maybe with a little bit of Deion Jackson. But I think yeah. Zach Moss is going to get some opportunity. And who knows if when they could shut down Jonathan Taylor, who's already been hurt twice this season. So there's a world where Zach Moss might see meaningful carries late in the year for a terrible team. Don't know how valuable that is. And then last but certainly not least, Jamichael Hasty. 6% rostered. Travis Etienne has been an 80% snap running back the last three weeks and had 14, 24, and 28 carries respectively. If he goes down, Jamichael Hasty is the next man up. I know you've referenced Snoop Connor before, and he might get elevated, but it would be Jamichael Hasty. So in a world where a lot of these backups have come into play, you could do worse than rostering Jamichael Hasty. Yeah, but I don't have much this week. You mentioned him last week, but uh, with Romeo Dubs getting Banged up again. Samare Torre, they they need bodies in Green Bay, and he happens to be a body. He's been with the team, what, two or three years now? So no, he's, he's a rookie. Fi- Wasn't he a rookie last year? Nope. He was like seventh-round pick in this class after dubs. Bitch. Either way, the, the, <laughs> they, need, they need someone with a pulse, and he checks that box. Um, Evan Ingram got banged up. Don't know how serious it is, but – Dan Arnold has been fantasy relevant in the past. That offense does like to use the tight end. They did kind of spread it around at Darnold. I think just got one target in that game. But Luke Farrell got involved. So did Chris Manhurts. So unfortunately, if they kind of do a committee, that's no good. But if the, if, if Ingram misses time, and they kind of do a one-for-one. One. Arnold's the guy to grab there. Logan Thomas just has vanished off the face of the earth, been healthy last two weeks did nothing it's not like john bates or these other guys have stepped up in that role so if you have him it's time to cut bait there but that was all i had for waivers which is not much 
Yeah, I, I wanted to be a little John Bates believer of the Logan Thomas injury, but yeah, nothing has come of that. I do think Wentz likes the tight end more than potentially Heineke does. Some brighter days might be ahead, but I mean, are you really going to start a, a Washington Commanders tight end? Probably not. Go get you some some Kate Otten, yeah, and and live a happier existence. But yeah, that's the that's the gist of all this. This is this is nut cutting time, John. We're in double digits. Dude, we're talking week 10 fantasy yes, football right now. I mean, we, we get so excited for it to come, and then it literally flies by. It's crazy. So fast. So you're either contending or pretending at this point in time. you got to evaluate. I was saying to John before we went live, we play in two flea flicker leagues together. One league, I'm five and three. I'm first place in my division, and I'm tanking. And another, in the other league, I'm three and five. I'm in fourth place in my division, and I'm pushing to compete. So – Always just make sure you're evaluating your teams appropriately. I know I cannot win it all with my five and three team. I know I can win it all with my three and five team. So work towards the happy ending. John, nothing. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and get yourself there. I'm always um, doing that. No, no, no matter how it may appear at first, you have to be, you know, uh, you have to, you know, give yourself some raw analysis uh, on these teams and make sure you're, uh, you're not just wasting time in my home league. I'm just fighting a good fight, but I'm running into buzzsaws and I'm like, this might be the year. I just say, I'm not just going to try and get into the playoffs and figure it out. Maybe I need to work my way down to the bottom and try and enter that B. John Robinson sweepstakes. So yeah. um, I will probably be doing that in short order. Cause if a 55 point Joe Mixon, we can't get me a win. Nothing will. <laughs> so <laughs> we're moving on to 2023 in that league. Yeah, just and just recapping where we started. If you're in the running, I, I would absolutely start looking at trying to obtain some of these uh, elite, high-level quarterbacks from teams that might be uh, calling it a year because the the future looks bleak at the position. So if you could lock up, you know, we're we're in that that huge uh, Premier League, and I've got Hertz and Allen. In a pretty good spot, especially going into next year, for a lot of these teams that are are decent teams that have these guys as their QB two or these other teams that might go in a different direction. The the elite guys, you know, similar to the tight end position, the elite guys are going to end up being so far ahead of everybody in the next two or three years. I think that if you don't have them, you're not going to be able to win. Correct. So. That should do it for us. Hopefully you enjoy Monday Night Football and nothing happens that we're not going to be uh, re- re- be able to help you out on. But that should do it for myself, John DeBari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score. We are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Out of here! <laughs> like that one. this week is that fact or did they just no you actually had more three and three huh. equal 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 just two east teams so three no, we both got a, a team tonight so we got nothing to add yeah i wrote monday night to be determined i actually do have some stuff to add because for nothing else the saints always are something to talk about but not about the game so i got uh you had the game last week unintentionally. I got a, I got a 
one fun stat for you when I get to it, when we get to those teams. And then to start, I got a interesting question for you. I like, look, we're, we're challenging each other. Now we're getting creative. Actually, not just doing a bare minimum here. John. This this blew my fucking mind, actually, the, the first wow. one. when I Not like... It was not like the Derrick Henry six 200-yard games. One, that can only do his four. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Listen, he played well again last night. It's crazy how the Titans can just play up to the Chiefs, or is it the Chiefs play down to the Titans? I'm not really sure. After watching these last few, fucking weird team, man. It's strange. Like, I get it. The Titans went in there trying to like bully the Chiefs, right? That got a little. What they did last week too. Fucking Mahomes threw for like 480 yards. <laughs> I, I, you know what, dude? I looked at that fucking cool. box score repeatedly, baffled, trying right? to figure out how that was possible. Because what they score, 17 or something? No, they won 20 to 17. Mahomes threw for 446 <laughs> yards. I was like, Malik okay. Wells, Malik Wells threw for 80. I, I saw that. that. That's in my notes as well. But I couldn't. I'm like. Okay, he threw for almost 500. There's no... <laughs> he ran for 63 and a touchdown. I could he see 500 yards of offense. <laughs> himself. Didn't score. Didn't score. I mean, that's five touchdowns worth of offense. If my... <laughs> right? My like, simple in math. theory, if you're every 100 yards you get, you should be getting at least... Three points. It's just bonkers. I mean, I, I, like I fell asleep during watching this game. I woke up and it was the fourth quarter, and I was like, "Huh?" Because at halftime, I was like, "Ah, Chiefs are just going to come out in the second half and just stomp a mud hole in them." And then I woke up and it was fourth quarter, and it was like they were losing. I think the Chiefs. So I was like, "Yeah, it's some sleepers in my eyes." <laughs> I fell asleep during the early games. And I the woke Chiefs up. had to score eight points in the fourth quarter to go to overtime. So yes, they were le- losing. Oh, was, I, I didn't know 10. it was an overtime game. Oh yeah, they were overtime. No oh shit. yeah, they kicked field goal in overtime and then they stopped to the Titans. I did not know that. So yeah, so there's bonus so the, football. The Kansas City defense won that game. Yeah, technically by stopping them. No shit. I fell asleep <laughs> when I woke up. The first thing I saw when I woke up, and I knew I had, I knew he was. I was going against it in two of my matchups. I woke up. I was like, ah. I'm looking on the ticker on red zone and had fucking Mixon stat line. I'm like, uh, well, back to sleep, I guess. Because, yeah, my, my my two most important leagues, I knew I was up against the guy with Mixon. So I got fucking you both. Mir- uh, yeah. So mirrored. My home league. So my most important league. I have Joe Mixon, clearly, because I'm a Joe Mixon guy. I'm going to lose handily. Really? The guy I played against, like, didn't have anyone blow up, but every single player just, like, slightly above expectation. Like, every one of his guys, like, between 20 and 30 points. So he just had, like, the counter punch to my week where I had some guys on buy and injury and stuff, but I have, like, Lamar Jackson and Kenyon Drake going tonight, and I need, like, 80 points from the two of them to win. So not happening. But I had Tyler Conklin not do shit because of Mark Andrews being out. I had to go pick someone else up. Gabe Davis didn't do shit. DK had a touchdown, but didn't do shit. Like I played against Lockett, so Lockett even outscored Metcalf. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was yeah. just 
everything that could have happened. The dude had Cooper Cup. He had his day. He had Ken Walker at two touchdowns. So, like, no one had a mixing day. But everyone just did, like, 25, 27, yeah. 18, 27. Like, where he's, like, putting up, like, 200 on me in a league where you don't score 200 points. And I'm looking at 55 points from Mixon, and I'm going to get stomped. Get <laughs> stomped out. I am now actively trying to tank in uh, the one Flea Flicker League, if you're interested, the Wannabes League, even though I'm five and three. I, I'm a realist. First in the division, and I'm actively <laughs> trying to tank now. Is that the one I suck into? One of those two, I've got two wins. Uh, you are first place in that league. So if you're looking for any, uh, any support, I'll hit you up. Let me know. Now, in the Smarty Pants, the other league, I am in last place, and I am actually competing. So, think, riddle me this. <laughs> Decision-making. And uh, you are two and six, and that's the league you're stinking in. But I am the, I think, currently the second highest scoring That's the Superflex one, right? Yeah. I'm the yeah, second highest scoring team in the entire mm-hmm. league, and I'm three and five. Because I've had... At this point in the year, 1,430 points scored against me, and no other team even has 1,300 scored against them. So I'm just literally like the definition of taking everyone's best shot, which is why there should be a league average game in this league like there is any other reasonable league. <clears throat> I, uh, I was all kicking the can down the road at draft time at quarterback in there, and I ended up with <laughs> – Wentz, Matt Ryan, and Tom Brady. Oh, I remember. That's why I am. I'm like, when are you going to get a quarterback? You're like, I'll get one. Because you kept drafting all the running backs. Which was the other side. Because you had McCaffrey, McCaffrey, Chubb, and Harris on by this week. How's that working out for me? (laughs) Fuck. Not too well. You also drafted Adam Thielen. Because he was just plummeting. Keenan Allen, dude. you, you, (laughs) This is not as... Dynasty startup roster here, my friend. <laughs> well, the, the plan is to come out the gates and do good this year and worry about that on the back end. Not that they all fall flat on their fucking face, and now I still have to worry about <laughs> next year. I always try to play the middle. I always try to play the middle. At a certain point, I'm like, this guy's younger. I'm taking him. Like, that's literally like, I know this guy's better now, but this guy's younger. So I'm taking this younger guy. What I did was literally the opposite of you. Like, I got a young receiver core. They were my first picks. And then I got the quarterbacks I like. I got Cousins and Tua. And then I just started hammering, like, the running backs that were falling. Like, I got Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, James Conner and all because no one wanted them because they were falling into, like, the late half of the top (laughs) ten rounds. I mean, as the seasons played out, it was a very savvy strategy. Yeah. The only one I missed on, and it still hurts. I think I missed ETN by like two picks. And I don't know who I took over him, but I was literally like, I'm getting Travis ETN. Because he's still, like, people were skeptical about him. And now the dude's an absolute monster. Yeah. That's, that's my only regret of that and drafting Albert Okwe Boonham. Because, I mean, <laughs> okay. Boy, <laughs> were we wrong on that one? I mean, we both like Dulcich. That was the problem, right? <laughs> like, it, it was compounded. Like, well, the Dulcich thing was, was, my quarter, was my wide receiver t- or my tight we end were too. Too bought into Wilson, though. We thought Wilson was going to carry 
Rising tide lifts all ships. Oh yeah, he's got everyone. He's got but somehow not Dolce Sutton Dol- and <laughs> Dolce yeah. right in, and he's just productive. Now. So didn't screw everyone. 